Welcome to another episode of Focus Points, where we ask one simple question. What do we need to know in order to profit more from reading this book of the Bible? Let's look at another book of the Bible together so that we can better know our God and His Word. Today we're going to be looking at the book of First and Second Chronicles. Now, one big idea comes to my mind when I think of these two books, which are really one book but just separated into two halves or two parts. And that big idea is deja vu. In other words, when I read through Chronicles, I really think that I've read a lot of this material before. And that is true because Chronicles and the Book of Kings actually cover the same time period in history. And so I think it's important for us at the beginning of our little talk on how we ought to read First and Second Chronicles just to understand how Chronicles and the Book of Kings ultimately compare and contrast one another. Well, they contrast one another in when they were written. The Book of Kings was written while the people were in captivity, and it showed them that God was judging them and that just as faith God would Faithful, was faithful to judge them, there's also this hope that he will one day restore them. But the book of Chronicles was written by Ezra and Nehemiah about 80 to 100 years after God had brought the people back and restored them. So it's looking at history from a point of despair compared to a point of encouragement and reconciliation when Chronicles was written. Chronicles also differs from Kings in its general context, co content. It's very focused on David and the Davidic kings that come from his line. So while Chronicles will talk about northern kings, they really don't care too much. The book doesn't care too much about what happened in the north. It's really focused on David and his descendants. And it's very positive about David and his descendants, all right? It's trying to encourage us and show us how God is working in all these men's lives. So it doesn't mention Bathsheba and how David sinned with her. It doesn't mention Solomon's many, many wives and fall into idolatry. Now, it's not being deceptive. It's just that's not the focus of what they're trying to learn from history. Chronicles has a big emphasis on the temple. Now, you might say, well, First and Second Kings does also, but Chronicles even more. All right, it's talking, it devotes many chapters just to David's preparations and then Solomon's construction. And then so many of the kings, in fact, 11 of the kings that we read about in Chronicles have a statement on how they treated the temple. And this makes some sense because if Ezra and Nehemiah are writing this, um, the temple by their day had already been built for, oh, what would it have been, 60 years or so, 65, 70 years. So they had a temple, and it's important because that temple was a symbol of their relationship with God, and so that's an important theme for them to be tracing through their own history as they look back. Now, what are some of the big some big differences in summary between First and Second Kings? Kings and then First and Second Chronicles. Well, you have this idea in Chronicles that prosperity and success are tied more closely to God's blessing. Prosperity and success come from God, and that's one of the things that Chronicles is trying to show. Whereas Book of Kings, it talks about there being these great kings of the northern kingdom, yet 
they were godless, all right? So those, those examples are just excluded because uh, Ezra and Nehemiah are trying to teach us how God is the source of all blessing. Chronicles is also trying to show Israel's unfaithfulness in how they forsook God, all right? So the emphasis of kings is how Israel and Judah sought after idols, Whereas First and Second Chronicles, it's not the sin of idolatry that's what is emphasized. It's the fact that they turned their back on God. Now, it's the same. It's just two sides of the same coin, but it's just a different way of looking at it. And then we get to this idea of individual relationships with God. Judgment was never guaranteed. All right? In individual relations with God, judgment was never guaranteed. In other words, you have some people who repented, and because they repented, God was, God was willing to stall the judgment until the next generation. In other words, if you will live faithfully for God now, God will act justly and act according to his character. Judgment is never a guarantee. Now, when you think of 1 Kings, 2 Kings, and 1 and 2 Chronicles, you might say, well, is one somehow inaccurate? And I would say, no, they are both absolutely true. Consider this example. Um, I could tell you my story of my life, and I won't do this now, but I could tell you it in two ways. You may say, so what's your life story? And I could tell you how I... I could do it two ways. One, I could tell you my life story and how it led me to salvation and my ultimate calling in life that I think God has given me. And that is going to sound a little different than if I'd use option B in telling my life story. And that second option is how I trace my steps in my social skills, social development, eventually meeting my wife and getting married. Now, both are true in my life. And I'm not somehow being inaccurate or being deceptive if in telling the story from one point of view, I leave out details that relate to the other point of view. And that's really what you have going on in First and Second Kings and First and Second Chronicles. They're just, they have a different purpose. One is very much of warning, one is very much of encouragement, and they are just pointing back to history at the points of history that best support their purpose. And so what ultimately would we say is the theme of the book of Chronicles? I think we could describe it like this. God remains faithful to his covenant throughout history. God remains faithful to his covenant throughout history. How do we see that? Well, we see that, first of all, that God acts in history. Okay, You read through Chronicles, and that's a big idea. God is acting. There is judgment. There is blessing. And there's blessing in all sorts of ways. People are being delivered from their enemies. God is showing his steadfast love. God made a covenant with David. But God is a God who acts, acts in history. And if he's not, that's not much of encouragement. But if he does, that is hugely encouraging. We also see this idea of God remains faithful to his covenant throughout history, even when his people forsake God. The people are constantly forsaking God in First and Second Chronicles, even though it's not. It's written from a more uh, positive point of view. Thirty-seven times you have this idea of transgress or transgression. Seven times trespass. Twenty-eight times forsaking. Yet God is remaining faithful. Now, when His people seek God, 
that is always met with his blessing. And you have this theme of seeking God, seeking God, um, humble, 19 times describes someone's attitude towards God, or even just that word to seek. This person sought, this person sought 54 times in the book of First and Second Chronicles. And all of this ultimately leads up to worship. Those who have forsaken God need to turn around and seek God. Those who seek God need to then worship God. And that's why there's such a focus on the temple or the Ark of the Covenant. And when it comes down to this idea of the Ark of the Covenant, this was a big idea for the exiles to have to wrestle with. Here they heard of the Ark that was in the previous temple, but they did not have it themselves. Yet, they're starting to be taught, as they're reading through First and Second Chronicles, that God is always faithful. While that ark was a symbol of his relationship and his presence, they don't need it because God is faithful to his covenant throughout history. God is still going to be faithful to them, even though they are just the remnant. So I think the key passage as you think through First and Second Chronicles is what we read in Second Chronicles 7, verses 13 through 14, where God says, If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves, remember one of those themes that we talked about, and pray, and seek my face, another one of the themes, and turn from their wicked ways, what will happen? Then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin, and will heal their land. We see God acting in history, healing their land. He is showing himself faithful when his people turn away from their ways that are sinful, from their forsaking of God, and they humble themselves, they seek him, and ultimately they worship him. God is going to work. So as you read through the book of First and Second Chronicles, I encourage you to ask yourself some of these questions. One, how is God acting through judgment or blessing? What is God doing in this passage? Two, how are the people forsaking God or being tempted to forsake God? Three, how are the people humbling themselves and seeking God? And then number four, what does this passage say about worshiping God? And although there are some heavier and some more difficult passages in First and Second Chronicles, I hope that when you just consider that God acts faithfully toward his covenant throughout history, I hope that that big idea will help you profit more from your reading of the book this year.